that talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome to Buckeye Talk, the preferred podcast of the College Football Playoffs Expansion Working Group, apparently. I'm Nathan Baird from Cleveland.com. He's Doug Maurice and Stephen Means. Doug, back from vacation, a triumphant return from vacation to find out that the College Football Playoff Committee is running with his idea. We did this a couple weeks ago on Buckeye Talk and gave our thoughts of which of these possible outcomes the College Football Playoff Committee should go with. And Doug said 12, and they're going with 12. Do you feel some vindication, Doug? I want to make it clear to people that it is not that I know anything. It's not that I have advanced notice. It's not that I've done secret reporting on the side and that then I say a thing that comes true based on information that I kept to myself to look smart. I'm just that influential. It's just what I think. I pull it out of thin air and the world reacts. So, I mean, I guess if I, if I could choose between being informed or being influential, I would, I would much rather be influential, and I'm clearly not informed. So to reiterate, pulled it out of the clear blue sky, and clearly the people on the committee listened, and here we are. I, I, I don't think it's a coincidence. Can it be a coincidence that we did that podcast like two weeks ago, and then all of a sudden, 12 teams is a front runner? I'll, I guess I'll, I'll let them say it's a coincidence. I will say, I think once you start looking at it, and again, I hope the people listening to this now go back and are, or already did listen to what we did in the middle of May, where we discussed all the options, and, and I was very strongly in favor of 12. It's so logical. Like it's, it really makes a lot of sense. And I think once you start talking it through, it's like, well, we're at four and we're going to expand. I think 12 is where a lot of people land because – if you want to have automatic bids for the non-power five, six isn't, you know, six or eight's not quite enough, but you don't want to go all the way to 16. You want to give the best team some incentive and some reward for finishing the top four. That's where the buys come in. So I do think a lot of people, I think it just 12 does make a lot of sense, but I think that the frustrating part about this and other people have pointed this out is that this is a money thing. This is all, this is only money. Right. So when it comes to money, it's like the people in college sports who are in charge are logical and proactive <laughs> and and they're forward thinking and they 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 look at all the options and come to a smart consensus, even if it takes longer than we want. We admit that. But then, like, compare this progress to like the NIL foot dragging. And that, it's like that was going to be like, my point when, when it comes to acquiring money. Very proactive. No, exactly. Yeah, giving out the money, giving out. If they had to decide the number of teams in a playoff and it was about giving out money, they'd be like, well, could you have uh, like two and a half teams in a playoff? Could you get like one team's deal? Like they would come up with all kinds of ridiculous things to drag their feet. When it's the making money, they're like, oh, let's go to 12. Boom, 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 boom. And it's like it's logical and it makes sense. So they like money. To be fair, that is the American way. It's listen. Everybody is going to do everything they can when they get to make the money. Now, when you have to start spending money, that's when you start looking for deals. No, that's so true. Thought, that's true. Yeah, the NIL is currently like, like they're like digging through their coupons. coupons. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just for the bowls. I mean, if like for the playoff man, they are just cash and checks. No coupons there. So all of this 
came to fruition this past Thursday. This is a market down Monday. We are going to mark it down later in this episode. It's going to be one of the more theoretical things we've done. We know that the, the CFP expansion could not happen prior to 2023. That's the earliest year, according to Bill Hancock, saying the, the executive director saying it will not happen in 2021. In fact, they're not even going to get around to deciding this till the fall. It won't happen for 2022. So we are going to say when they expand to 12 in 2023, which is really more if they expand, which Big Ten teams will make that first playoff. So we'll mark that down later in this episode since this is a market down Monday. But for starters, we're going to kind of go point by point, break down what this is all about, and talk a little bit about how we think it's going to affect Ohio State. Because then at the end of the day, for all of you who are listening, that is the most important thing. Well, I'm going to start with just the fact that it's 12 teams. When we did this a few weeks ago, we all picked our preferred playoff format. Doug said 12, famously. Shifting the, you know, we'll, someday we'll do some other podcast. We'll do a Buckeye Fly effect about what if Doug Lamerys had never said twelve teams? What would the playoff expansion actually have been? I am available for interviews at any time to talk <laughs> Just, about my influence. You'll, you'll already be down in Disney permanently by then, but it's going to be a long term thing. But uh, you'll be down there sweeping and just with your with your Bluetooth in doing that that interview. Uh, How the man who changed college football is now sweeping up candy wrappers in Disney World. We found him changing a trash can in Tomorrowland. That that that's going to be a great reading someday. I said eight teams. Steven said six teams. One of the reasons that I had argued for eight, it wasn't a strong argument. And by the end of that podcast, I actually liked the way Doug had laid out 12. I thought it did make a lot of sense. But I thought maybe they would do something more incremental. Like you go to a certain level, you find out whether or not that is working to satisfaction, and you go to the next level. Steven, you were the one who had picked the smallest of the three of us. You'd pick six. Were you surprised that they went all the way to 12? Do you think 12 is too many? I don't think it's too many. I was just shocked that they went there already. I thought that there would be an intermediate step of eight. So then we could do this all over again in four or five years where they could move it back to 12 and draw interest in once again. But also it's just from a logistic standpoint, it's probably easier to test things out in smaller numbers and then just jump to the next. 12 was probably always going to be the end game here. I just thought there would be some steps in between. I think that might've been what actually pushed this. If they thought they were going to have to go to 12 anyway, after a certain period, why give up those periods of those extra games? Like, why not just get those games going now and get the money from those games? Do you think that was maybe a factor here, Doug? It felt like the playoff evolution has gone slowly because we were so in the dark ages for so long. But I do think now that once they're rolling, I do think they see the money, but I do think it's more about they've got to get the certain number of automatic bids, but yet they want to have enough wild cards. And I think the only way to ensure enough automatic bids to make expansion make sense, but still have enough wild cards to keep like, you know, the second and third best SEC teams happy. I think the only way to do that is 12, because I think once you start doing automatic, you're at least at six with just automatic bids. And I'm not sure anybody, you know, that's without Notre Dame. So I think that it's like, well, this, this is the number you, but I think it is money, but I think the number one problem is not getting all the conference champs in but you want to maintain some flexibility and then just 12 is just the jump you make to do both those things. Yeah. 12 seemed like the, the compromise number in a lot of ways. We'll get to that on some of these other items as we go down the list. So it's going to be the six highest ranked conference champions and then six at larges. I don't know. How would you laid out your 12 team, Doug? I don't think you went to 
six automatic conference champs, right? Or you didn't, you didn't, you had them just based on the rankings, not necessarily the conference champions, right? Well, this is just, it's a nice little wrinkle. Cause I mean, I, I think I had, you know, it's the five power five conference champs and the highest rated non-power five conference champs. So it's six, right. the six way they're the phrasing, the way they're phrasing this is, is a nice thing for the non-power five. So like if the PAC 12 champ blows and it's like, Oh, look, like the American champ, and the MAC champ are both higher ranked than Oregon State, which is nine and th- you know, which is ten and three, and won the Pac-12 championship. But the MAC champ's undefeated, and the American champ only has one loss. They're both higher ranked than the Pac-12 champ, so they're both in, and the Pac-12 champ isn't guaranteed anything. It's a it's a wrinkle that I think may like actually never come into play, but it's a nice phrasing that throws a bone to the non-Power 5 without actually having much of an effect. Because honestly, if you reach a point where it's like the Pac-12 champ or Big Ten champ for anybody, ACC champ if Dabo ever leaves, if that team has like three losses and is ranked 21st and they're the conference champ but they don't make the playoff, like there's only so much complaining in the moment that kind of team can do. And everybody will tell them to say, shut up, play better, and then you'll move on. And So that's a nice little wrinkle I think that actually solves – some problems because the biggest issue would have been like the power five gets everything Oregon state stinks, but the whole, you know, and now you've kind of eliminated the worst version of that. Steven, should it have been the five highest ranked conference champions and then a sixth, if it was above a certain threshold or something like that, like should there have been more protections to make sure that that sixth conference champ, if it is going to be a group of five conference champ, which it'll, it'll always be for that sixth one. And, and potentially as Doug says, I guess, even for a, for a fifth one in some years, but it, should there have been more protections to make sure that team was at a certain level, that you're not pulling somebody who is ranked down in the 20s up in and leaving out other teams? No, I, I think it's fine because one thing we have seen in recent years, whether it's UCF or Cincinnati, is there is a team who's usually in the top 15, top 14 of the college football playoff rankings at this point who just is an outlier in comparison to the rest of the group of five. And so I think that's more what they're betting on or even BYU to a certain extent until they started losing some games, there's always going to be a team like that. And I think that's who that rule is for is we see now that there's a group of five team who goes on a run every single year. It's not the same team every year, but it's the different team every year. It's throwing that team a bone more than it is, you know, having to worry about is Cincinnati the 30th best team in the country, but they've won their conference championship. All you have to do is have one of those non-Power 5 teams. There's 65 or 64 teams, right, that mm-hmm. you're choosing from. It's like, is one of those going to be, like, in the top 20? Like, what would have to – and the way that college football is, you know, like with the Cincinnati's and the Houston's and the BYU, some of the – somebody's going to be decent enough. And even if they're not technically in the top 12, they're going to be close enough that everybody believes that those conferences deserve a shot the idea that, like, oh, man, we have, like, the 41st best team in the country made the playoff because nobody in those non-Power 5 groups is any good. I just don't think that's – I don't think that'll ever happen. So, it's like, I think, again, a lot of this is the illusion of opportunity. Buckeye talk. That, like, hey, look, it's 12. Anybody can make it. And it's still going to be like, oh, is it going to be four SEC teams or five? Right? I mean, that's still – in practice but you can say hey listen listen man everybody had their shot and if you put in even small blockades of like well six champs but you've got to be in the top 25 that's like a it's a it's that's a a perception blockade 
that is only there to anger people when it's actually probably never going to come into effect. So there is opportunity that is important here because people are getting sick of the same three teams winning every national championship, except I think it's still going to be the same three teams winning every national championship, but the illusion of opportunity is going to soothe a lot of people. And plus we're going to get some good quarterfinal games on the way. Yeah, I think I asked our texters what they thought about this. And one of the pushbacks I was getting from some people was, since when does the group of five deserve to have that opportunity? Like, you know, wh- why, why do they have to be included in this just to prove how bad they are, basically? And I would point out that this discussion around the group of five teams and, and how this has kind of been forced in, part of it, it's not just like, whiners complaining about fairness it is the group of five has started to prove itself more you can go back to 2016 when western michigan would have made it as the 12 seed a team that was ranked i think down like 20th at in the final rankings and they would have they would have been the automatic bid but then you move all the way up to last year where cincinnati would have not only made it but would have been hosting a first round game as the number eight overall seed so we are seeing more competitiveness i believe from the group of five and that is what is one of the things that has sort of pushed for their inclusion, to be included in some way. Once you expanded to this number of teams, you really couldn't do it, I don't think, without ensuring some kind of spot for that level of team. This is um, also about banners. So that nobody is expecting those non-Power 5 teams to win a national championship, but they're going to hang a college football playoff banner in their building instead of hanging a Motor City Bowl banner. Or even instead of hanging a, hey, we went to the Fiesta Bowl and, and lost to Georgia, right? That like that you have that automatic qualifier for a big-time bowl game right now, but even that's not that as, as cool as it's, – it's just like everybody says. Like, people hang Final Four banners all the time. It doesn't – no one looks at a Final Four banner and is like, oh, first loser. Hey, 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 you didn't win the national championship. Take your banner down. Because it's a thing. It has a name. So, like, that's an accomplishment. And so this is an accomplishment that really matters that isn't winning a national championship. And nobody, none of the 11, Ohio State's going to hang playoff banners in their building. They're not going to be like, no, we only, we lost in the first they round. They already do. Yeah. When they, I mean, especially like, when they win the game, they already, hang, I mean, they got the two Sugar Bowl wins up in the Woody right now. So they're going to hang, I mean, like that's an accomplishment. Like that's, that's a big deal that like, and can you imagine hanging that if Western Michigan had a college football playoff banner in their building right now, instead of whatever they did that year, that was a great regular season. And I have no idea what they did in the postseason. I assume losing a, losing the Fiesta Bowl. So, I mean, I just think that's, and again, that's like the illusion. Cause it's like, oh, we had a shot to win the national championship. It's like, ah, did you, but you got a banner. Congratulations on losing to Alabama by 42 in the first round. Yeah, I mean, it's a good forget final. Tool. Yeah, forget final four. People hang banners for making the NCAA tournament. People hang banners for like NIT final four. So, so yeah, forget final four. And I, I know from experience that lower level Big Ten programs will hang all of the banners from all of their various bowl games too in prominent ways because they don't get to go to the playoff. But these other bowls mean something. So yeah, absolutely, it's going to mean something for the, for these teams that that sneak in. Um, the four highest ranked conference champions get buys. I think that's something that's also a little bit of a different wrinkle from what you proposed, Doug. Did you just have like, it would just go based on the rankings in the model that you put out? 
Uh, yeah, but th- yeah. this is a this is a yeah. slightly different wrinkle because it you know it would have eliminated Ohio State being ahead of Penn State in 2016, mm-hmm. for example, um, a year that Ohio State got into the playoff, even though Big Penn State won the Big Ten. However, it actually over those seven years, if you apply it retroactively, would have actually been even better for Ohio State. I think Ohio State would have been a top four seed in five of the seven years when it's only been a playoff team in four of the seven years. So just based on past history, this sounds like a positive thing for Ohio State because more often than not, they are going to win the Big Ten at the end of the day, regardless of what happens along the way. Um, The other big wrinkle here being that Notre Dame cannot be a top four seed, even if they are the number one overall team in the college football playoff ranking going into Selection Sunday, which I think is an interesting thing because we talked about Notre Dame specifically when we did this a couple weeks ago and, and where they were going to sit in all of this. So that's, I guess that's two separate things. But do, do you think the importance that this is placing on conference championships is correct or is it an, an overcorrection because um, – and maybe you could include Notre Dame in this because you could have a team that is undefeated a Notre Dame team that could even have a win over Ohio State but ends up being ranked behind Ohio State as far as a seeding for this because of this wrinkle. No, it's correct because the whole one of the whole reasons for why we're, people were pushing for expansion in the first place is to get all the conference champs in. So that should be at the top of the list of the things, the people that you you know favor when you're making rules and stuff like this. And it's not overcorrecting when the only team who's affected by it is Notre Dame. Cramming all the conference getting teams. a conference. Cram yeah, getting all the conference, conference. Teams yeah. in is different than than the the seating, but I understand what you're saying there. Um, and no maximum on the teams from any conference. Now, I think that was something else that like our the buck the Buckeye Talk subscribers are perhaps justifiably some of them paranoid about how any change potentially benefits the SEC. I would point out that no conference has ever had more than four teams make the playoff or wouldn't have had any more than four during if you applied the 12 team model to the past seven years it happened to the sec twice it happened to the big 10 once so it's not as if this model historically would have been a big windfall for the sec they wouldn't be that different than the big 10 in fact the big 10 still would have had more total teams make the playoff than the sec over the past seven years and i do think to what the one of the points you made at the start The structure affects how people vote. And I think in a time where it's like, well, we're putting the four top teams in. And then like, I don't know. I mean, frankly, does does the rest matter that much? And so then it's like, I don't know. I mean, like we lean toward the SEC for like five, seven, nine, 11, you know, like because like, although you're saying there were never more than four, but like, it doesn't matter as much. It's like, are you really, are you going to have a sleepless night over whether you should have had Georgia seventh or ninth? No. But now when it matters, I think maybe, there will be maybe this is giving people too much credit or maybe it's it doesn't need to be done because the sec deserves it there may be a more critical evaluation of everybody because just making somebody 11th i don't know ah, they they played bama good for a quarter and a half let's make them 11th is different than like the difference between whether they're 11th or whether they're 13th is whether they're in or not so i'm not going to let my sort of subconscious sec whether, I don't know if it's bias or just respect level, whatever, influence me as much as I would now when I'm tired. I've been at the Gaylord Palms. Listen, my kid had a birthday. I got a, I don't have time to like get a, get a stomach ulcer over who's 11th, you know, but now they'll have to get an ulcer. Sorry. That, that, that we're going to get into a lot more discussion about that later. Cause I think there's a lot of, of 
ways to go with that idea of how this is going to affect the future rankings. I want to get to a couple other points before we get to that, though. Um, the 5 to 12 seeds will be purely based on the CFP rankings, and they're not going to do any alterations to account for regular season rematches or conference games. Uh, what do you guys think about that? Because it could lead to, in theory, it could lead to two teams that just played in the conference championship game playing again in the first round of the tournament, or it could lead to Ohio State and Michigan playing twice in three games and, and things like that. Any qualms about that? Should they have made some sort of adjustment for that? Or does it then become it, – it, it introduces, Doug, kind of what you're talking about. It introduces the potential for at least the appearance of problems, right, and, and people thinking that – introduces potential ulterior motives that may or may not be there based on the sake of this scheduling problem. So I think they want to avoid – hey, this is our rankings, but we moved it to avoid rematches and somebody got screwed or helped. But you can do it. It's like, okay, you know, because they do it by like groups of three now, right? So it's like they keep moving through. I assume they'll keep the same, keep the same system because uh, 12 is still divided by three. That's another thing too. They do it in groups of three. Four, as far as last time I checked, not divisible by three. It has a remainder. It has a remainder of one. So it makes it more Wait, complicated. Huh. Let me check that out real quick. Can we just can we check the math we're good. editor? We're good on we're that good. remainder yeah, one. Good. Put an yep. R with a one after it. So if Ohio State is seventh, right? And they're they're constantly doing this voting. Ohio State seventh. Now they're in the group to figure out 10, 11, 12. The the chairman can say, okay, here are our teams. We're now considering teams 10, 11, 12. Let's remember who teams. Seven, eight, nine are Ohio State is seven as we consider where Michigan might fit in 10, 11, and 12. Not that we're going to move Michigan after the fact, but Ohio State is seven. As you think about, should Michigan be 10? Should it be 11? You might want to remember Ohio State is seven. That's different than doing your rankings and then shifting stuff and giving somebody the opportunity of being like, are you kidding me? Michigan's like, we were rightly 10th, but because you didn't want us to play Ohio State at 7, we got moved down to 11th, and now we're playing number 6, which is Alabama, who's been number 1 all year, but lost in the SEC championship game because the game-winning field goal hit an upright, and they fell from 1 to 6, and now we get Bama because you're trying to avoid a rematch. Like They'll never have to do that. They just will remind people in the room, boy, oh boy, there's an, a rematch there looming. And I think they'll do the same thing without making anybody mad. There's a lot of things in here that are going to accomplish the same things, but they found a way to do it without angering people while doing it. Yeah, I think that's the important thing to remember, that there's still a subjective process that determines what those rankings are, that you can do it before those matchups occur and, and say it just magically didn't happen. That's an important thing to remember. I want to take a break here because I want to, there's a couple of things to still just lay out of what's in this, but there are a couple of things that our texters had some strong opinions on. And I want to get into those when we come back on Buckeye Talk. Hey, it's Nathan with a word of thanks and a quick request. We appreciate all of you who have helped make Buckeye Talk such a great success over these years. If you have a moment, please go to cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk Survey. That's all one word. We have some questions about how you listen to us, 
when you listen to us, and why you keep listening to us. Again, that's cleveland.com slash Buckeye Talk survey. Now, back to the show. All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk, another Market Down Monday, where we're going to pick who the first Big Ten teams to make the playoff will be in 2023, if it happens that early. But we're still kind of going through the, the finer points of the new proposal and, and what it's going to mean for Ohio State, what it could mean for the Big Ten. One of the big sticking points for a lot of our texters was this idea that only the first round games will be on campus sites. So the way this will work is the four highest seeded teams, sorry, the, the four, yeah, the four highest seeded teams, which will be the four highest ranked conference champions get buys. And then 12 plays at five, 11 plays at six, 10 plays at seven, nine plays at eight. Those higher seeds host those games in the what's considered the first round. But that's the only round where anybody hosts games. In that quarterfinal round, you revert to bowl sites. So teams who are seeded one through four get that buy, but they don't ever get to host a game. Do you guys feel that that buy is enough of a reward that not getting to host a game is not that big of a deal? Yes. Buys are always a great reward because you don't have to play football and worry about somebody getting hurt. And you get an extra week of rest while, yeah, you don't get to play in front of your fans again, but you're getting an extra week of rest where everybody else is putting more strain on their body and you aren't. Yes. If, and before think, you answer, I, I want to say real quick, from the 614, this is a, somebody uh, said that they answered yes to our survey. I did send out a survey asking whether fans just yes or no liked the new proposal. And this person said, yes, I answered yes to the survey, but I saw a tweet from Stuart Mandel that I thought made a good point. He mentioned the top four teams would never actually host a game as it's currently set up. This would mean fans would have to travel for those four games. Big Ten Championship, the bye week. I guess you wouldn't travel for the bye week. Final eight, final four, and then the championship game. Is there a way they could fix that and somehow get that round of eight team having the top-ranked team host one game before the final four? It would be nice to get a game like that in the shoe in early December. Otherwise, I'm okay with 12 teams, which pretty much locks up Ohio State in the playoffs. So do you understand that fan sentiment, Doug, but yet feel like the reward of that top four seed supersedes that? Yes. And I just think it's logistically – it's too difficult logistically, I think, to put those first-round games off-site because they're going to be like two weeks after the conference championship games. Mm -hmm. So they have to be treated more like regular games. Like, hey, it's like, is the stadium available? Do people – it's like, well, it's our stadium. And, like, our fans are here. You're going to have a, a sellout crowd, and all the logistics are going to be easy. But the whole point of this is that then they're making the next round they're going to own New Year's Day again, as they said, right? That like, this is what we're getting into, that it's like New Year's Day is going to be the four quarterfinals in traditional bowls. And like, they're just not going to give that up. So it's like, we can have a, de we can have a debate about what should or whatever. The college football is not ready to do that. They're not ready to tell the bowls to go kick a can down the street, right? Maybe they should. Maybe it would be great if they did. They're just, it's just not where they are yet. They have to let this run its course. And if it turns out that that is a big complaint four years in, that Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State, who dominate college football, have never hosted a playoff game, and Michigan and Georgia and Oregon all have, maybe that's – but I think that's the next thing. I, just, I understand why it is this way now because the Bulls aren't going to give that up. This is, a again, a middle ground to, like, keep the bowls involved and I think they'll be great games and the other thing is at some point I mean I don't mean it's like you don't get to see your play your team play every single game 
You know, like, I mean, like, I, you know, like in the NFL, it's like, oh, well, hey, if the Browns go to the Super Bowl, you have to do the wild card game. Then it's like, well, I don't know. I mean, maybe you just don't go to every game. Maybe you go to some. So you have to go to Indy, then you have a week off, then you go to the full site, then you go to the semifinal, then you go to the championship. There's enough different fans that you can pick which one you go to. So, and, and the other thing is, like, guess what? Like, they're probably, you know, they're going to have one. Like, it's like, it's like, well, what if, what if Ohio State wins the Big Ten every year for the next 10 years? It's like, well, I don't – I mean, And, it, and it would have to be one of the top four ranked teams. But, I mean, and, and most of the time they will. You know, I mean, that's, that's yeah. the thing. It's like they're, Ohio State, the times they're getting shoved out, they're getting shoved out by, like, the second team in the SEC, right? They're not getting shoved out by – because the Pac-12 champ was better than them. But you're right. It still could happen that way. But most of the time, I, I think – I mean, I, I don't know what – in this, in this idea where the host – the top four are only conference champs, is the Big Ten really not going to – like, have they're going to have the worst conference champ? Or that of, think, the, of a non-Power 5, include those – like, I just assume the Big Ten champ is going to be in the top four, one of those top I, four. I think the Big Ten champ will have the top four, and then the SEC, obviously. I think those two will clearly have the top four, and then just Clemson. Not the ACC right. champ, just Clemson. And then the it's going to be – that's where – it's like that's how the playoff is right now. It's Ohio State, Alabama, and Clemson. And then that fourth spot just kind of rotates. That fourth spot would just rotate between, you know, Oklahoma when they're – when, you know, they don't have two losses and then the Pac-12 champ. Oregon is just going to host a 5-12 game like every year <laughs> and beat the living snot yep. out of the MAC champ. And people in Eugene are going to be like, oh, God. We're hosting another playoff game. Five yep. twelve again. Cool. Good luck, Troy. Uh, and I think, just to be clear, I don't think there's ever going to be a point where, where they change this because Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson feels like they should get to host a game. I think it would be more, again, from a fan standpoint, are they seeing problems with attendance but I, I, at each of those extra levels, because fan bases can't travel that many times, that many games, but I don't know that that's ever going to happen. I think that would be the thing that caused some kind of change, but I don't know that that's, it's going to get to that point. The other thing I would say is there's no reseeding after the first round. So if a 12 beats a five, the one seed now just has a, a tougher quarterfinal than the five, uh, than the four seed does. That's just how they're going to do it. Um, regardless of that, though, the five through eight spots seem huge. I mean, especially for the Big Ten. If you can get one of those five through eight spots like for Ohio State any of those years like you're saying Doug any of those any year where it doesn't get a top four you assume they're still going to be in the top eight so in those years the home game seems like kind of a nice consolation prize it softens a blow a little bit of not getting that by and then if you're one of these other teams like Wisconsin or Iowa or who at Penn State Michigan who doesn't win the Big Ten and Ohio State's still in the top four getting to ask one of these other teams, which is almost certainly going to be a team from the South to have to come up and play you in your outdoor stadium in December. I don't, Steven, to me, this seems huge. Like this could be the big tens opportunity to further kind of tip the scales a little bit. This is where they have an advantage that no other you know, conference really has, because even in the big 12 country, it's, it's colder, but it's not, you know, big 10 Midwest cold as it is in December. And so for Wisconsin, if you're a five seed and you're playing Georgia, it's, I mean, Georgia might be more talented, but Georgia's not used to playing in 17 degree weather at all at any point in the, in their, in their, in their, in their, in their, in their season. So that's where you get the advantage. So for, for the big 10 more than any other conference, getting the home game is going to make more, is going to be more of an emphasis than it would be for Georgia or, or, or Oklahoma or Oregon. And I think those 
I think maybe every game other than 5-12, but 6-11, 7-10, 8-9, I mean, home field might be what swings the game, right? That if it's 8-9, Georgia, Penn State, you know, if it's in Athens, probably Georgia wins. If it's in State College, probably Penn State wins. It, like the, the home field for some of these huge college football stadiums and huge college football powers is worth going to be worth a touchdown in some of these games. I mean, you can go back through recent years. Just last year, Georgia would have had to play at Cincinnati. You know, those two teams played in a bowl game, a neutral side bowl game. Actually, was it was it in Atlanta? So it wasn't yeah, even that I, neutral. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really a neutral side bowl game. This that And it was a really close game. Like, Cincinnati could have won that game. Georgia would have had to go to Cincinnati. Um, in 2019, Florida would have had to come up to Wisconsin. Uh, 2018, Florida would have had to come up to Michigan. And actually, UCF would have actually hosted a, a – a playoff game that year too against Washington um, in 2017, Washington would have had to come to Wisconsin. I guess that that's not that different in 2016, Florida state would have had to come to Michigan and USC would have had to come to Wisconsin. I mean, North Carolina would have had to come to Ohio state in 2015. You, you just all sorts of examples, 2014, Ole Miss would have had to come to Michigan state. Just a ton of examples where some of those sec programs would have had to come up to big 10 country. That's the other thing. Like I'm hearing a lot of, knee-jerk reaction to this like well that's because the committee doesn't want sec teams to have to come up and play the big boys from the north well it's there's only ever going to be one big 10 team ranked in the top four and if in all these other examples those sec teams a lot of times will have to come up and play big 10 teams i don't i think there's been an overreaction to this from the big 10 side of things that this is somehow benefiting the sec in a lot of years, there's going to be more SEC teams that have to come up, or as many that have to come up and play Big Ten teams in that first round as there is the other way around. And if you're Ohio State, especially if you just had to play the Big Ten championship game, you're going to take that bye week over being the five seed and getting to play somebody at home. I think the SEC's days of, you know, just propping itself on the Alabama for what how we view the SEC might come to an end because of those reasons. Because we talk about with Ohio State all the time, when you get them on the indoor facility, on track speed then, that's where they show their athletes off. You're talking about SEC athletes having to come up here to the cold where they've never been because a lot of those kids are actually from SEC country to begin with. It's already cold and you're outside and the weather is – what if it's snowing that day? A lot of college football at the moment is based on is based on perceptions, what we think we think. Based on results, but there's still a finite set of results every year. You try to we put too much emphasis on non-conference early in the season. We put too much emphasis on bowl results when sometimes there's motivational things involved there. We're gonna figure out if LSU comes to Penn State and Georgia goes to Wisconsin and uh, Florida goes to uh, Michigan, and in the first couple years of this, they lose, and those Big Ten teams win some of those first-round games. It is going to change the perception of college football, which is going to change the rankings, right? Or, I mean, even if they go down – like, we we think – I think the opposite could be true, too. If the Big Ten go starts going down to SEC yeah. country and winning, that and could actually be a bigger yeah. impact. I think the Big Ten's in a position right now where it could, you know, prop itself up and be the best conference in college football if it plays it right, but regardless like we, of where the game is played. We think – everybody thinks the SEC is better based on games in September and, ga- and bowl games that are basically glorified exhibitions. And now we're going to get a lot more games – between North and South with things on the line, was there no excuses? Guys are not going to be opting out. I don't know if that's uh, – Nathan, apparently you sent an email 
from what the, the gist of what I'm figuring out from this podcast. You sent an email outlining perhaps what we were talking about. Again, I, I, I got uh, my flight back from Disney World. I got it was supposed to land at 11 o'clock at night. It landed like at two o'clock in the morning. So I am. Um, uh, no, landed at you left at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah landed at four o'clock, almost four o'clock in the morning. I, I didn't. I don't. I didn't look at. I didn't see an email. To so, be fair, we got it like fifteen minutes before. We yeah, started yeah, it was just. So it's, it's, it's not okay. like. Yeah, you're, you're fine. So so, um, but I just I am I am very the, the opt outs are a big thing here. I think that the, the opt outs of bowl season are something that people have been very concerned about. Yep. Maybe too much so. I mean, listen, it's it's the player's life. They can do what they want. But I, I would be surprised if very many people are opting out of the playoffs. So this, so you're going to get, you know, when you, this, these eight, nine, seven, ten games are going to be absolute barn burners, man. They are going to be stacked with talent, great programs, great coaches. So, some of this stuff is going to be great, and it is going to give us a much better read on what is real and what is fake in college football. And maybe the SEC will confirm everything. And maybe like by the time we get to the one eight two seven three five or three six four five games, there will be an SEC team in every game, and the whole build up to that will be like, oh my god, what if we get an all SEC Final Four? Everyone's gonna freak out. But then what? I mean, what do you do? You're gonna complain that everybody got an opportunity and wasn't good enough? Like I think we are gonna lose some of the perception bias that I think is kind of fun for college football, but also gets tiresome. And we're going to prove it on the field. And that's going to be better for everybody. Which yeah. then I think can impact recruiting. If, if, if it, it, right now it's obviously the SEC wins recruiting every single year in Ohio spring, Ohio state's in that race as well. If we start getting on the field and proving some things and these kids can kind of say, Oh, we don't have to stay in SEC country or go to Ohio state to compete for a national title. What does that mean? Oh, I'll say in Alabama are going to keep recruiting the way they are, but what does that mean for like LSU's recruiting classes and Georgia's recruiting classes, you know, in, in schools in you know, Notre Dame's recruiting classes, schools like that who are top t- put together top 10 recruiting classes, but those kids might be swayed to come North if they feel like they can actually beat the SEC, SEC schools. Given that I didn't look at the email, I just want to say there is a gigantic Ohio State issue looming out there for this that I'm not sure if it's on the budget to get to in the last segment, but if it's not on the budget, I'm going to bring it up. It is gigantic, and I should have probably said, if Nathan, if you want to cut out that part and put it right at the beginning for a nice little tease. Tease the people! It's a huge, gigantic thing for Ohio State that we will talk about soon. Yes. You could also just like text me at any time and tell me, "Hey, make sure you bring up this." No, and I, like I, to, I, just... I like to keep it raw. Buck, I mean, this is how we do. Oh. It. We we talk about the podcast while we're doing the podcast. It's kind of our thing. It's like, do you think people? Our would podcast eat... is basically a budget meeting. Yeah. Do you think people would eat less meat if they had to watch the animal be butchered right before they're served the meal? That's, a, that's kind of how we fly here on Buckeye. Who are we? We're the butchers and the chefs. We're like out in the backyard picking yes. out the cow, and we're like, anyway, so, yeah, that's me chopping the head off a cow as I get to ready to cook up a delicious hey, uh, hamburger. You're using, you're using a samurai sword? <laughs> or is that just a karate chop, like a bare hand karate chop? Isn't that why? That's why I, th- I thought all butchers did that. There's a lot of haya in the back in the back room. I'm um, honest with you. If you're a butcher and you enjoy your job that much, that's not okay. I don't yeah! enjoy killing. You can't enjoy killing living beings that much. 
I don't park out at the deli at Kroger. I do walk by on occasion. I've never heard someone yelling, hi-ya. Yeah. But I can Maybe. ask around. Maybe I'll, I'll look into that. Um, just quickly to kind of talk about some of those, that perception thing you're talking about, Doug. In the actual top four seeds from the playoffs we've had in the first seven years, the SEC's had eight, the ACC's had seven, which is almost exclusively Clemson, one year for Florida State, and then only five for the Big Ten. Under the new if you applied the new 12-team proposal back to those seven years, the SEC, ACC, and Big Ten would all have had seven. So now, again, a little bit of a red herring there because the original is just based on the rankings of, of where the teams are ranked. This is based on having to have won the conference championship. But again, just from a perception standpoint, it would have squeezed those. And um, in just in terms of the total number of teams, the Big Ten would have had 20, the SEC would have had 19. In terms of top eight seeds, so teams that either had a bye or hosted a game, Big Ten would have had 16. The SEC would have had 14. So just other ways where if you had applied that retroactively. Now, that did start to – some of that was really backloaded or front-loaded, I should say, right? There was a year early on where Ohio State had four teams get in. I think the SEC only had one or two. That would have been like, what, 2015, the year Ohio State didn't make it? Yeah, oh, well, like sorry. Michigan State, Iowa, yeah. the Big Ten championship game was like a play-in game, and they finished four and five, and then Ohio State finished seven. And then there might have been mm -hmm. another Big Ten team down there in 15. I do um, think people underrate how often the Big Ten has had teams finish 5th through 12th. Yes. I think that sometimes Big Ten fans are like, hey, this is not fair. And it's like, listen, man, I'm, th this is actually great for the Big Ten. I think you could make an argument this is – maybe we made it already in the previous one. I can't remember. This is better for Ohio State than the current model and better for the Big Ten than the current model. I think you could make the argument that – Sometimes a lot of it is like, well, if it's better for Ohio State, is that worse for the Big Ten or better for the Big Ten? Is that worse for Ohio State? I think it's possible like every, all 14 teams in the Big Ten will come out a winner in this new 12-team world. The only debate was whether it was going to be so good for the rest of the Big Ten that that was somehow a bad thing for Ohio State. We kind of left that like on an undecided note. And I think that is one of those things. Steven's talking about how this could change recruiting. I think that's one of those things that we would revisit down the line to see if any of that did change. Did teams start to be able to recruit at a different level because they could make the playoff more often and pull themselves closer to that level with Ohio State? But I actually – I'm skeptical of that. Because I think there are other factors at play as to why Ohio State recruits the way it does, and Alabama, and Clemson. I, I don't think it's just it, – it, there's a chicken before the egg thing that goes into a, account there. But Ohio State was already recruiting at a certain level that put it in place to be the dominant team it's been in the playoff era. It, has, it wasn't just the start of the playoff era that started all this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like they're – I'm not – I, I'm, I'm skeptical that because Indiana could have gotten an 11 seed last year that that somehow – vaults them up towards Ohio State's level. No, no, no. I, I, Ohio State and Alabama are outliers. Not, not, in, in, anything in life that happens it never affects people at the top. I'm talking about more of the median. And when you look at a national landscape of things, I think the top three teams in the rankings every year are still going to be the same. It's going to be Ohio State, Alabama, and then probably Georgia or, or, or Clemson every so often when they choose to do so. I'm speaking more, does it change spots five through 12? every single year in the recruiting rankings where those seem to shift and to be the bulk of those are SEC teams. Can the bulk of those become big 10 teams because of something like this? But in 2015, 16, big 10 had a seven to two edge over the SEC and the number of teams that got in, but the SEC's had an 11 to eight edge over the past three years. So just to, for further clarity on where that's been trending. The, the main thing is the main thing is for Ohio state is that I would say I think most people listening to this would agree with. I think every year that Ohio State is in the playoff, 
right, for the national championship. They could win it. And their main issue is getting in. So this mm-hmm. increases their chances of getting in. This eliminates the one-game blip that knocks you out that you have. But they're going to always have enough talent to take their shot. You know, yes, 31 nothing against Deshaun Watson was a problem. But most of the time, when they take their shot, they're going to have a real shot. And this is like – I mean, it's like we could do – this is an impossible market. I'm like, when's the next time – once the 12-team playoff starts, when's the next time Ohio State will not be in the playoff? Because oh, I, I think Ohio State in the, the 12-team playoff world could lose twice in the regular season and make it. Oh, 100%. No question. No question. Especially so given like, what their schedule is because the losses could be the random Big Ten blip that we've seen, but then also they lost to Georgia. And- so if, if, they, if they win the Big Ten, they're almost certainly going to get a bye. If they don't win the Big Ten and they only have one loss, whether it's in the Big Ten championship game, well, I guess it would have to be in the Big Ten. It's either in the Big Ten championship game or it's the kind of loss where they lose to Penn State or Michigan during the regular season and therefore don't go to the Big Ten championship game. But if they are a one-loss team that's not the Big Ten champ, they get a home game. Guaranteed. No doubt about it. There is no way that a one-loss Ohio State non-Big Ten champ is going to be ninth. Never. And then if they have two losses, which like they almost never have, but if they have two regular season losses, they still have a very good chance. I guess not a guarantee. They're probably in that mix, that cluster, but they have a pretty good chance of still getting in as a nine through 12 seed. That's their new world, man. And you know, like I I think it's going to be hard for anybody who's a nine through 12 seed to win the national championship, right? The only teams who are ever going to win a national championship as a 9 through 12 seed that you're going on the road with that extra game or when Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State fall to 9 to nine through 12 because of an injury, because of a weird loss. Like, listen, like, you know, whatever. Michigan is not going to finish 10th and then, like, go to Georgia and then play Clemson and then play Ohio State and then play USC. Like, it's just – it's not going to happen. Right. They don't have the, you have to have a depth of talent that's not there. But it like, it just opens up the window. And then I guess that's maybe the discussion. It's like, does it ruin the regular season? But the thing for Ohio State is it absolutely, like, if you want Ohio State to win the national championship, which I think we've figured out on this podcast is the number one thing that people want now, this is great for Ohio State. The whether or not it, devalues the regular season is the next thing we need to talk about is the next thing we were going to talk about because we got a lot of texters who that was their main problem with this people who didn't really have a problem with playoff expansion some of them did some of them just wanted to stay at four teams because they think four teams is what has resulted so far in in their opinion kind of an undisputed national champion you it, once you go down to just four teams you're still getting four really strong contenders that all have to win two games against other really good teams to win a national championship and that that has resulted in enough of a championship for them. And they're worried that if you go to all the way to 12, that it devalues the regular season because now, as you're saying, Doug, a team like Ohio state can lose twice, still make the playoff or a team like Alabama could lose twice, still make the playoff and go on a run. Although it is worth noting. I wanted to make sure we said this. People were asking like, well, will Alabama like, how, how will they never make the playoff? Actually, maybe that's the first thing we should talk about is whether this is going to change the way they, ever see the, the 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 way the way that the playoff committee ranks the teams because that Alabama in 2019 kind of looms out there as one of the best examples of that Alabama was 13th in the rankings that year would not have made that playoff 
because uh, who am I forgetting here? Memphis was the group of five team and would have come up and been number 12. And then Auburn was actually ranked 12th. Alabama would have had to jump two spots in order to get into the playoffs. So there, that's, I think, one of the questions that's lingering out there for people. Let's do that before we talk about devaluing the regular season. But do you think that those sorts of results probably would hold in the future? Or do you think fans are con- right to be concerned that there would be the kind of tweaking that would get Alabama into the playoff in that case? because the committee would be thinking, well, you can't leave them out completely. I think if you are thinking like as a committee member and you're thinking about the 11th and 12th teams, if you think, I think there will be an edge to the traditional powers. And I think that includes like, like USC the one year had like a really weird start to the season. And by the end of the year, everybody was like, nobody wants to play them. You know, the Spencer Rattler, Oklahoma from last year was like, they lost their first two games. And by the end of the year, everybody was like, nobody wants to play them. Those teams are going to get an edge because I think if you're thinking about 11 and 12, you're thinking, is there anybody that we're discussing here who we think could actually win the national championship? And if we think they actually could win it because they have enough talent to do it and they're playing at that level right now at the end of the year, you're going to put them in ahead of a team that might have a slightly better record, right? That might actually be, you know what I mean? Like a a one-loss team. That, oh, well, if you go by who really deserves it, but it's like, are you kidding me? You're not going to put Bama in so that whoever was 10th or whatever can get in? I do think that's going to happen, which, by the way, helps Ohio State. So, like, again, there, there are two discussions here. And when we talk about what it does to the regular season, there are two discussions. And I do think there are some things here that what is best for college football and what is best for Ohio State can be different things here. But man, it's like, oh yeah, the at eleven and twelve, will traditional powers get the edge? Yes. Don't you want that, Ohio State fans? It makes it even less likely that they're going to miss it. Yeah, because you, as long as Ohio State was ranked eleventh in any year, all the way down to eleventh, they're still going to make the playoff. So that's the way I would look at that. And I would say, in terms of that twenty nineteen, the other interesting thing there is the eleventh team was Utah. So you're going to like to go by your example, Doug, like when the committee sits down and says like, are we going to leave Alabama out because of Utah? Like which one of those teams really could actually make a move and and do something. But the the one wrinkle that throws it off is Auburn had just beaten Alabama and Auburn was a team that was ahead of them. I think that would have been a tough sell to people to try to have any credibility that you're putting Auburn in ahead of Alabama. In that case, they had just beat them head to head, but Steven, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to bring that up, the fact that you're putting four SEC teams in in that year. It would have been LSU, Georgia, Auburn, and Alabama. But I think it you would have been able to sell that because – Well, they did you, in 2018 it, and 2020, four SEC teams would have made it. Right. So it's like – but even with – I think Alabama in 2019 is a perfect example of this because you're going to have to start really thinking about things when you put teams in and look at context. Ohio, Alabama lost to the eventual national champion, champion, LSU, by five, and they lost to Auburn by a field goal with an injured quarterback and then having to put a backup in the other game. I think everybody would have looked at that Alabama team and going, that team can actually still compete for a national championship given how those games played out. So context is going to matter, especially when we're now talking about Ohio state, how they've lost games in the past context is going to start mattering. If Ohio state's in a similar position where they're 13th one year. I want to do a couple quick votes last year. Would Cincinnati have been the eight seed hosting Georgia? If the committee knew that that meant they were hosting that game yes because i think that's a circumstance where they do want to reward that team 
and they, they want to reward Cincinnati. I, I do think that will happen, yes. That like when it's a non-Power 5 team that's on the border, it's like, listen, man, they've done everything they can do in their season. We don't think they're worthy of a buy or whatever, but we're at least going to give them a home game. I do. I, yes, I do. Would Coastal Carolina have been the number 12 team in the rankings and gotten into the playoff as a second G5 team? Who was their competition? Who would they be been going up against? Ooh. No, I mean, like, who, if, 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 that's, if that battle for oh, – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm checking the ranking whatever. right now to it, see who else North was around Carolina, them. It, Indiana was 11th. I know that. It's North see, Carolina and Northwestern. Um, see, then I think you go Coastal Carolina because does anybody think Northwestern can win the national championship? No. So then give it to, like, give it to the guy who it would set the school on fire to make the playoff, right? I, I do think – I think on the, and the, the hierarchy of who gets the edge for the 12th spot, I think traditional power with a couple losses that still could win it all is number one. And then great story out of nowhere, small team, that it's the greatest thing to ever happen to the program to even make the playoff is number two. And then like Indiana, North Carolina, Northwestern, all those kind of like, yeah, they're good, not, not good enough. They're last in that hierarchy. I think if Northwestern ha- doesn't lose to Michigan State, and then given the way that first half played out against Ohio State, I think the edge would have gone to Northwestern. But since they did lose to Michigan State, yes, you give but, it to the undefeated coast yeah. of Carolina. But if That's they didn't lose to Michigan State, there. they would have been ninth. They would have been. Yeah, they wouldn't have been. They wouldn't have been that yeah. far down. Yeah. Because that's the fair. thing. When you get to eleven and twelve, if you're just a good team, like you're good, you're Northwestern. Yeah. You also had your chances. It's like, well, you're good, but come on, man. Like it's not like you had one. You had to play Ohio State, and that's the old. That's the only reason you're twelfth. You lost to Michigan State, and they stink. Like you are, you blew it yourself. Put Coastal Carolina in. Yeah, that's always been my thing with the the basketball tournament too. Like how much belly aching. I I never want to hear a Power Five conference team complain that much about not making the NCAA tournament. Like there's so many at larges. Yeah. Like you, you usually have a pretty big um, wart somewhere that. Is, is causing you to be left out at that point. I don't have a lot of sympathy yeah. for you. You can go and almost I, 500 in your conference in the Power Five and still get an at-large bid. Oh, so you can go I'm under 500. Out. Yeah, you can go under 500 yeah. and get, a, get an at-large bid. Um, I want to get to – so the other idea is the regular season being devalued. This is a problem a lot of our texters have. I'm going to read a couple of these responses from the 281. The problem I have is there's never been a year where the number 9 to 12 teams were deserving of a spot in the playoff. They are mostly teams with three losses or played ultra soft schedules in non-power conferences. The regular season should matter and it will, and it will matter less if they expand to 12 teams uh, from the 419. The main problem is the regular season is devalued. If you ranked, if you're ranked highly going into a conference championship, it doesn't matter who wins because the two best teams of most conferences are probably getting in. Also, I don't want a world where Ohio state has to beat a bunch of two or three lost teams and risk injury just so who gives a crap university out of the group of five can feel important. Uh, I had to edit that one a little bit on the fly from the six one four. While it would be fun to watch, I think 12 teams will move us significantly farther away from crowning the best team as the champion. Four teams made sense because clearly the third or fourth ranked team at the end of the year could be the best when example, when there are three undefeated teams, but it's hard to imagine finding the best team beyond five or six, in my opinion, and certainly not at 11 or 12. Now a seven or eight seed could go on a run and get helped out by upsets and get the championship. And we'll all have to feel at least unsure whether they were actually the best team. And from the 4-4-0, my take on the 12 team, even though OSU would make the playoffs virtually every year, this really will diminish the value of out of conference, regular season games, conference championships, and it will muddy the discussion of who the best team is. Do you guys feel 
that's warranted? Should people be concerned that the regular season is being devalued? Or do you think that this playoff format and some of the structure that's in here, as far as rewarding the, with a buy, rewarding with a home team or home game for those five through eight teams, does it actually add value to the regular season? A team like Indiana now has added value to the regular season because it knows that one loss doesn't keep it out of the discussion altogether. I think it enhances the regular season for the middle of the pack, like the Indianas of the world. I don't think it does anything either way for the Ohio State, Alabama, Clemson's of the world. For Ohio State, it helps because now they'd be in when they're fifth. But, like, Alabama and Clemson are just going to keep rolling along and doing what they've been doing for the past seven years in this, this system that we have right now. Now, that's this. I mean, it enhances the regular season for, like, 95% of teams. Yeah. For like everybody that's not Alabama, Clemson, or Ohio State. And the only reason it doesn't enhance your regular season is because now it guarantees you make the playoff. So it doesn't matter. And so it's like, if that's like the biggest problem is that the best teams, their regular seasons get boring because they're definitely going to make the playoff now. It's like, well, I don't know. Do you want to like, do you want to make the, like, do you want to make the playoff? Like that's, but, but like right now, like Indiana, Indiana's not going to beat Ohio State, right? Indiana beat Michigan and Penn State last year. They almost beat they, – they hung with Ohio State. But, like, and then they were never going to have a chance to win, the, to win the national championship. That was it. So it was like they're just playing for, like, the, a better exhibition game at the end of the year. This enhances the regular season for everybody in the Big Ten except Ohio State a million times over because those teams go from basically no shot at the playoff to a real shot at the playoff. Because the reason they have no shot at playoff right now is because they can't beat Ohio State. And the Big Ten only gets one team in. Now the Big Ten's always going to get in two, maybe three, maybe four. The value of the regular season for the 13 other teams quadruples. But here's where the tiers matter. So, okay, because you've got the conference champ, you got the home game, and you got the barely got in. If you're Ohio State and you're playing, or- you're playing Oregon to start the season, let's say, this year. So, okay, you beat Oregon, great. That enhances your resume, but none of the non-conference stuff matters for the home games, for the top four, because you've got to win your conference championship. But that are, those are tiebreakers for whether you get a home game or not if, you're not, if you don't get a bye, right? Yep. Oh, yeah. So if you lose, and here's the thing, if you lose to Oregon, so if you're Ohio State, you beat Oregon, you've now got wiggle room for a home game if you don't win the conference championship. If you lose to Oregon, and you're Ohio State, you are now on the precipice of if you lose one more time in the regular season, you might not make the playoff. Because that will drop you to a second loss, which means you might not win the Big Ten championship if you're losing to Penn State or Michigan and they're taking your championship game spot. And now you're a two-loss team, and you, you still might make the playoff, but maybe not. So you're not going to play any more of your regular season games thinking like, ah, we're in with two losses. We're fine. We're fine. We're fine. You might be in, but you've got a knot in your stomach. So there's still value to all those regular season games. And if you lose to Oregon and you don't lose the rest of the time, you're like, man, we're going for a bye. We're going for a bye. We're winning the conference championship. I still think there's value. And the other thing for Ohio State fans specifically is Ohio State-Michigan matters no matter what. I think the game that would be hurt the most by this is Ohio State Michigan when it's like a one two game or like a three four or two three game like it was where it used to be that like you had to beat your rival to have a chance to win the national championship now when Ohio State and Michigan are both good there is a very 
likely possibility they both make the playoff. But is that going to kill the Ohio State-Michigan game? I, I, I don't no. think so. I mean, I, I, no, it's still it, a it adds, stakes for that game. But it it's adds still value. The Ohio, but it's the Ohio State-Michigan game. Now, it adds more value to Ohio yeah. State-Michigan when the winner has a chance to win the national championship and the loser is out which is what it has been forever, basically. So it's not going to add value to say the loser gets a buy or the winner gets a buy as the Big Ten champ and the loser is still in, has to go on the, road to Georgia, on the road. Right? But, but that's, a, that's still a much better outcome than in and yeah. out. So that part of it, obviously, it loses some value. It does yeah. because it's not lose and go home. But it's still Ohio State, Michigan. So from an Ohio State perspective, I think you retain value the rest of the regular season because the conference championship matters and the home games matter if you're not the conference champ. And only when you get to the last week of the regular season would you feel like no matter what happens the rest of the year, Ohio State's in, and then you're at your rivalry game, which matters anyway. So I do not think that people – if Ohio State in a 12-team playoff world loses to Oregon, I don't think Ohio State fans will come away from that game in week two going like, eh, no big deal. I think you'll be worried. Our buddy Evan had a point here. He was actually arguing the other side uh, and saying that he has uh, traditionally been a camp of playoff expansion devaluing the regular season, but he's come around to the other side. And he said, take 2019 where we were number two versus number 13, talking about the Ohio State-Michigan game. In a four-team setup, Ohio State could have realistically lost and still made the playoffs, and Michigan had nothing to play for outside of pride and being a spoiler. And again, me interjecting this, not that that means nothing, especially in the Michigan-Ohio State game. But in a 12-team format, Ohio State would have played for a bye, while Michigan would have had still a legitimate shot at making the playoffs because of what that win would have meant for them and potentially shot them up the rankings. Um, so that's, I think, another example where, yes, there's going to be years, you're right, Doug, where it maybe does devalue that game a little bit. You could argue the same thing about the Ohio State-Penn State game. Um, somebody else, uh, we had another texter saying that he was really – bummed about what this could mean for just the, the whiteout games at Penn State and how much tension there was there and how much seemed to be on the line and maybe that is devalued a little bit but I also think that what it means across the board in college football it enhances a lot of other regular seasons I think you're right but I just I just don't think that if I still think there is enough value this is why I think the buys in the home games are matter so much I mean that you're still you know the, if you're Penn State Ohio State you're playing to win the East, very likely, right? And winning the East means you go to the Big Ten Championship, which means you have a shot at a bye. And if you don't have a bye, then you're probably playing a pretty good team. So it's one of those things, again, it's like, I, I don't know. Okay, so people are worried that the Penn State-Ohio State game will be devalued. But the winner remains on track to win the Big Ten Championship and get a bye. The loser now instead of being out, might get a home game, which is what half the people are worried about. Ohio State's never going to get a home game in the playoff. That stinks. It's like, well, now you're going to get one because you lost to Penn State, which is going to be fun, but it's also going to be a pain in the butt because, like, Texas A&M is going to be coming to Ohio Stadium for an 8-9 game that's going to blow the roof off the place, which is as opposed to – so you're going to complain, no, I liked it better in the old days when if Ohio State lost to Penn State – Ohio State season was over. That was better. I don't want the home game against Texas A&M. Like, is that what your real concern about devaluing the regular season is? 
Ohio State fans should like game theory this out a little bit. So let's say there's a year where you lose the Big Ten championship game or you lose another game. And so you don't even win the Big Ten. You're not even in the Big Ten championship game. So now Ohio State, maybe it's their only loss, but they fall to fifth. So now they're fifth. So now you get that home game. It's a pretty big consolation prize. You still get to have that home playoff game. And then when you beat that 12 seed, which you will, unless it's a monumental upset a lot of times, then you now get to play on a neutral field, the number four seed, who most years you think you're better than them anyway, right? It's going to be Oklahoma. It's going to be Oregon. It's a team that you feel that your program is better than. Your team, that year's team, is usually better than. And now you're in the semifinals anyway. Like, that, that doesn't change a lot. Now, it does make it tougher. It's tougher. It's tougher than if you just make the Final Four and you start from the Final Four. That is tougher. You have to win more games, whatever. But as far as, like, putting you in position to still be – able to win a national championship game with two games to go you're right there i think a one loss ohio state team heading into like the 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 crux of the big 10 schedule is the most interesting thing in the world because it doesn't ruin the regular season it just makes the regular season about positioning and how do you put yourself in a position to get the best possible road now that you've already lost a game to get to a national championship game let me let me say this as succinctly as i can while you're undefeated it may perhaps devalue the regular season because when you lose your first game, you're not dead. And we have all lived in the college football world where you're not guaranteed to be dead when you lose your first game, but you're in trouble. You might be in trouble. That world is going to end. But if you're an Ohio state fan and you're like, man, I helped it. I I, I hate this 12 team playoff. We lost to Purdue and we still have a chance to win the national championship. That's crap. We should be out. Like, if that's really what your argument is about devaluing the regular season. You're like, oh, that heartbreaking thing when Rondale Moore made me want to puke for a week? Ugh, that loss isn't quite as devastating as it used to be. College football is ruined. Like, the thing that you think is being devalued is because your team now still has a chance. There's no devaluation except in that an Ohio State team that loses still has a chance to, can you imagine like, okay, uh, 1998, it's like, oh, hey, Coop, man, sorry about that loss to Nick Saban. Doesn't it stink that Ohio State still has a chance to win the national championship? I would rather carry this loss to Michigan State to my grave and have it keep me up at night. That's what college football is all about. That's what you're rooting for. When you're rooting you, for misery. You value the regular season. Yeah. And, and I'm, not, like, I'm not saying that that's not a valued argument. I just want to make sure that Ohio State fans, when they're arguing the Ohio State side of things, you are arguing in favor of devastating losses. That the thing that you think makes college football to you is when your awesome team suffers an upset and has their season ruined. And if the upset doesn't ruin their season, then what's the whole point? I don't know. To be, to be fair, that is what college football has been for decades. It's pins and needles and one bad move and it's over. And now you're, you hate everything and you hate life. So this is going to be an adjustment to listen. It's not, now you're living in a world where, listen, it's not that bad. Put a Band-Aid on it and get up and keep walking. 
but if you feel if you're one of these fans who feels like the Clemsons of the world get an easier walk into that playoff every year if you think that there are years where that second or third best Big Ten team is is really deserving of at least being in the conversation if you think your conference is deeper and better than those other this is your chance to prove it this is we're not going to some of these arguments are not going to be arguments anymore they're going to be decided on the field I want to do a call out to the texters now and write about this this week the argument in favor of devastating losses. How important are devastating losses to college football? Because in every other sport, we're in an era where everybody gets in. The Lakers were the seventh seed, right? I mean, like everybody gets in. People don't even care about the regular season. They created a play-in game for them to get in. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, like, you know, like it's, it's, but that's where sports is. College football is this last holdout. I mean, you know, everybody in the NFL loses. There's no such thing as a devastating regular season loss in the NFL unless you're, you know, trying to be 9-7 and seven or 10-6. and six. But if you're good, the Chiefs know right now that they're in the playoffs. They know it. As long as, you know, there's not a devastating injury. They know it without a shadow of a doubt. Does that ruin the Chiefs' regular season? But if the NFL was just the AFC champ versus the NFC champ, the Chiefs wouldn't know that. They'd be like, man, we might be awesome this year and still not have a chance to win the Super Bowl. They know they're in. Does it ruin it? Or are they fighting for positioning and fighting to win their division or get a bye or be a wild card or get a home game? Like, does it ruin it? Because that's, it's just the NFLification of college football. And I just really think if you're worried about the regular season, that's what it's about. You want your team or any team punished. And you now, because there's still a punishment because you might not get a buy and you might not get a home game. So there is still some punishment, but it's not enough punishment for a loss. So I want people to say one of my favorite things about college football is the absolute devastating punishment for the loss. The Friday Buckeye retalkable that we did Ohio state, Texas devastating loss for Ohio state from 2005. They lose to Texas, Ohio state. If it was a 12 team playoff, they they lost twice that year to Texas and Penn State. They're in. They're in if it's a four-team playoff. Instead, that devastating Texas loss goes down in history. Does that make you like Ohio State football more? That Ohio State was better than Texas on that night at home but didn't win. And it cost A.J. Hawk and Dante Whitner and that whole team a chance at the national championship. Do you like that? Because that's what you're arguing for if you don't want the 12-team playoff. I'm not saying you're wrong, but just make sure you know what you're in favor of. To the point of the NFLication of the college football, I was kind of shocked that there's no reseeding. Like if, you know, if, if you know, 12 beats five, they're just, it just stays in the order that it stays. It, it, the reseeding thing, was, I thought that would be a part of this. So that was interesting to me. 12 will never beat five. But I, I, know, I, I get your but, point. But also yeah. part of this is like, again, they didn't do it because it's like, show me what it happens. There's, here's the thing. The same Fair. teams are going to win. The same teams are going to be in. I mean, the same six teams are going to have the chance to win the national championship, I think, every year. There will just be more teams that get to hang a playoff banner. But this is not going to – if you're mad, if the main reason you're mad is because Bama and Clemson win it all the time. And by the way, we act like Ohio State wins the national championship all the time. They've won one. They won the first one. They haven't won one since. It's not – you know – if you're mad about Clemson and Bama, I think you're still going to be mad about Clemson and Bama winning it. But you're going to get a heck of a Texas A&M-USC quarterfinal game before 
you get mad about the Clemson Alabama championship game. Look, looking back, I would say that there's one year where the 12-5 seemed like a, a potential upset, uh, 2018 Penn State, Notre Dame, maybe. Every other okay. year, it's, it's usually mm-hmm. the group of five team playing a team that just barely missed the playoff or a team that in some cases actually did make the playoff in, under the 14 structure. So I think you're right, Doug. That, that things are going to have to – the landscape's going to have to shift a little bit. Or sometimes – once in a while, it's just going to be the wrong matchup. You know what I mean? Some team that – like a Georgia last year that didn't get its quarterback figured out till late in the season. They sneak in as the 12 seed because a group of five is ranked high enough, and then the five seed is kind of weak, and they – things things happen the right way so uh that is my that is the thing i like the least is the really talented power team that has a bad start to the regular season and gets their stuff together late but has yeah. two losses and it's like well i mean you, you you should be punished sort of for like not getting your stuff together earlier and georgia with jt daniels is a perfect example of that spencer rattler last year with oklahoma one of those teams is going to win the national championship as a Eight. Ten seed, yeah. You know? Ten, eight, nine seed, yeah. And I'm not going to love that, but that is – It could be Ohio State. It's not going to happen – it's not, but it's not going to happen enough to be, like, a talking point. It's just every – maybe once every four, three or four years, you'll get a team like that because let's just take this year, for example, the fact that Clemson's playing Georgia week one. If they just had a stumble somewhere else along the way early in the season but got themselves together – that type of team is has the profile of a team who can win the whole whole thing as an eight nine ten seed, but, but that the, doesn't happen every year. But like Ohio State so far has not ever had a season where I mean I guess 2014 would be the closest one. It's like they lost early because they were playing a redshirt freshman quarterback. They lose in week two and they fight all the way back all year, right? But they they've had the blips in the middle of the year. It's like those teams that like just are kind of bad for the first month and then get it rolling in November that now we're going to have a chance that, that, um, that that's the only thing that I'm a little bit apprehensive about, but I think it's, I think I like the rest enough to let those guys get in. Doug, as we take our last break, do we, is your sausage still sitting out there that we still need to talk about? Is my sausage still sitting out there? Buckeye talk. Yes, okay. it is. We're going to get to that after the break. Steven is grimacing. down. That was, a that, was, awful, that was that was awful. awful. That was awful. That was an awful way to analogy. I know. I know. It, what, it, I, he's, but I know. I know it was. I, I I'm still a little groggy. I'm still a little groggy. The thing I think there. We'll is, get to it after the break. There is. It's gigantic. Wait till you get back from the break. It is gigantic. You're listening to Buckeye Talk. All right, we're back on Buckeye Talk. Before I get to Doug's big idea that he wants to interject here i asked our buckeye talk tech subscribers whether they liked the proposal or whether they didn't it was a simple yes or no question do you like the college football playoffs 12 team proposal yes or no and 78 percent of our buckeye talk text responders said yes they like the 12 team proposal i'm sure some of them don't like 100 percent of it i'm sure there are people who only like it 80 percent maybe you only like 51 percent of it but it was a yes or no question very much almost like a market down. You had to be yes or no on this, and a pretty good majority of you like it. I think that's probably because of some of the things we'd already talked about, about how good this was for Ohio State in the long run. And other people from the responses we got seem to think that if it's good for college football and it's good for Ohio State, then they can put up with some of the things that maybe they don't like about it so much. So, again, 78% of our subscribers said they like the new 12-team proposal. 
All right, Doug, I've been trying to like guess in my head what the thing is that you want to talk about. I think I know what it might be, but why don't you go ahead and, and take us where we need to go before we do mark it down on who the Big Ten teams will be to make the first 12-team playoff. So the thing that I think maybe Ohio State fans would be worried about or anything is you're making great teams win more games to win it all. So if you think you have a great team, now you have to win three playoff games instead of two. And that just increases the chances of something happening, whether it's an injury, whether it's just another tough game you've got to win, right? We have talked about this. It sounds like this is going to come in as early as possible. And the earliest possible year is 2023. So it's going to come in in 2023. It's not going to come in 2025. Who's going to have the monster team in 2023? Who's going to have the best team in the country? Ohio State. This is the year that we have been targeting. The Travion Henderson, uh, Emeka Egbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., all these guys right now, Jack Sawyer, they're going to be juniors. The current freshmen are going to be juniors, quarterbacked by sophomore Quinn Ewers. This is possibly, if they do what we think they're going to do, they are going to be maybe the greatest Ohio State team ever. And in every other era, they would have had to win one game or maybe two, to win the national championship. Now they're going to have to win three. So as an Ohio State fan, do you not like this specific example because you're making Jack Sawyer and Travion Henderson as the one seed, the undefeated one seed, be eight, four, and two to win the national championship? Or do you like it because you, are not, you believe Ohio State will have the best talent so you are eliminating the Purdue bump out of nowhere, blowing the best Ohio State team ever out of the water. Because that team, there is no way that the 2023 Ohio State team won't make a 12-team playoff. They're in for sure. So would you rather have the protection of the 12-team playoff or would you rather have the easier road of a 14-team playoff because – they will be the best team in college football in 2023. And they're going to be the test case of what a dominant power looks like in the 12 team playoff world. We did get one texter. Uh, I think there may have been others. One that I set aside from the 614. I'm just afraid that 12 teams will make it nearly impossible for Ohio state to win it all. I think impossible is a little strong. This is me interjecting, but going back to what they said, I know they can now more easily get in. And if you're in, you give yourself a shot. However, I imagine a scenario where Ohio State is a five seed and has to play a 12 seed Auburn, then a four seed Georgia, then a one seed Clemson, then having to play a two seed Bama. How on earth is someone expected to win those four games in a row? Seems like such a, a hill to climb. Well, first of all, right now, that Ohio State team would not be in the playoff. So, right. so there's that, that you don't have any yeah. chance to win it at that point. I think this person saying that even if you went to eight, it would take one game that they have to win off the board. They'd still be in. You'd only have to win three instead of four in that scenario. So it's not what you're talking about, Doug, where you'd be in the, if you're in the top four, now you have to win three games. If you went to only eight teams, you would still force everybody to have to win at least three games without adding that fourth team, that fourth game on there for a, a, a team that's really strong and is the fifth seed, but still has to play that extra round. Steven, do you under, kind of understand that complaint? And how do you feel about um, the, the tougher road that this might create for Ohio State or, or some other team? I get it, but I like this this way better. I think in this world where every year we're going to be wondering who the super team is, it's now going to – got to prove it more than just twice. 
you got to really show your depth a little bit and show you're really a super team. And so it's like, uh, do we, I mean, the question of could LSU have made it to a 12 game playoff? Could this past year's Alabama team gone through a 12 team playoff and been excellent every single week in order to win it. Now we can sit here and say, yes, we can sit here and say, no, we won't know. But now whether it's, you know, Georgia coming up this year or it's Ohio state 2023 or Oklahoma one year, that's you got to prove you're a super team, and it's not just you looked awesome in the national championship game and in a semifinal because you put because the matchups favored you. So again, to be clear, Ohio State when it wins the Big Ten will not be the five seed. They're going to be one of the top four seeds. Yeah, like that's not guaranteed, but it's practical, right? So like that, the consideration of Ohio State as a Big Ten champ is going to have a tougher road now as a five seed. It's not going to happen. And if Ohio State's not the Big Ten champ, in the current world, they're not in. So if they are the five seed, Ohio State's never going to be in a situation where they're the five seed and they're getting screwed. If they're the five seed, they would have been in the first time around. Now, the exception is 2016, which is just jacked. I don't even think it's worth talking about 2016 because the committee got it wrong. That's a very weird, special circumstance. And by the way, that team got in and proved they weren't good enough no matter what the playoff was. So what are you worried about? So if they win the Big Ten, they're in, which is not the case now. And if they don't win the Big Ten, they're going to be in and have to play four games to win it. But right now, they're not in. So you're worrying about something that doesn't exist. I want, the thing that I'm talking about, I think, is the thing that I want Ohio State fans to check in with us on. That idea, you're adding an extra game to win for a monster team. And every time you take the field, you might lose. So if, if the 2023 Ohio State team in the BCS era, let's say, you thought, you know what, they're rolling through the Big Ten. They're going to be in a 1-2 game. If you would have thought, I think they have a 75% chance to win the national championship in the BCS era with the monster team in 2023 Ohio State's going to be. Because they're going to be one of the top two, and they're just going to have to beat that other team that's not going to be as good as them. Now you go to a four-team playoff. Okay, well, now they got to win twice. They're going to play two good teams. I still think they have a 66% chance of winning the national championship in a four-team playoff. What's the chance now in a 12-team? You have a third game you have to win. And it doesn't even necessarily mean that you're going to lose to the eight seed, but maybe something happens. Maybe your quarterback hurts his knee like Justin Fields did against Penn State. So now you're not quite yourself when you play in the semifinal. You know what I mean, Nathan? Like, that's the thing. That, to me, would maybe be the most legitimate thing that the fans of the superpowers would be worried about. We're Bama, we're Clemson, we're Ohio State. We think we're in most of the time anyway, even though Ohio State hasn't been. What we're worried about is why do we have to play three instead of two to win it all that, win it all now? You're making the best teams go through more of a meat grinder, and that worries me. Do you think that's a thing that fans should think about? I I would understand if they had that hesitation. I think you're you're right in that it it does look like it's going to coincide with a an inconvenient juncture for Ohio State. I would say that it puts a little bit of probably urgency on Ohio State to try to be ahead of schedule in 2022, if not as early as this year, but certainly by next year to try to have things uh, clicking and try to get out ahead of that because to try to only have to win two games to get it done as opposed to having to win three. But I, I certainly would understand if fans had that hesitation. The other thing I thought you might bring up, we've talked about why this is good for Ohio State just in terms of its own 
getting in and being in a favorable position. We've talked about why it's good for the Big Ten as a whole because the Big Ten is going to get in more teams. But one thing that that means, though, is that right now Ohio State gets to really put its knee on the throat of its biggest rivals. It really gets to – every year it knows that if it beats Michigan or beats Penn State, it is not just winning the Big Ten East, but it's also – it is the blockade to those teams getting into the playoff. And now this kind of opens those teams up to get sort of a second life on a national stage that they don't get right now. I don't know how much value Ohio state as an entity places in that, or as a program places in that. I think fans place some value in that though, that they get to keep those teams down, keep them at, at arm's length, like big brother kind of thing. And, and little brother, like flailing his arms wildly. And I think they have some hesitation about that, that now you're empowering those teams a little bit in a way that they don't quote unquote deserve. So that to me, if you think that you are misreading what Ohio state is yeah. because Ohio state has only made it four to seven times. They finished fifth, sixth and seventh in three of the years. That, to me, is a legitimate concern for Alabama and the SEC and Clemson and the ACC. But this is where Ohio State is not quite on those levels because Alabama and Clemson right. doesn't have those same close calls. So if, like, Clemson's worried about, like, hey, I don't want to empower, you know, North Carolina and Florida State and everybody else in the ACC, I think that's legitimate. But that's where, as an Ohio State fan, you have to recognize that when it comes to that, Ohio State is not Alabama and Clemson. Because Ohio State has had three teams in the seven-year playoff era that would have been capable of winning national championships that didn't get in. And Clemson and Alabama do not have that same reality. So that's why Ohio State, you cannot be worried about Michigan and Penn State getting better because you've had too many times when you've been close and been screwed by the current system. So that comes first. Get Ohio State in comes first. I think I might even say more Clemson than Alabama because at least Alabama is in a conference where there have been some other teams who have legitimate national championship hopes. So it's a little bit more similar to what Ohio State is where there's legitimate playoff teams in the SEC and in the, in the Big Ten. It's just Clemson and then Florida State that one year, year because they had Jameis Winston. So it more, I think Clemson is the only place right now where they could be worried about North Carolina – feeling empowered by what's – or if Florida State or Miami ever get it together, feeling empowered by this because there's no other legitimate playoff teams right now. And Big 12. I think, like, if, if yeah. Baylor and – Texas gets it together. Yeah. And not even Texas necessarily. Baylor and TCU have been dancing around. Even I mean, Baylor yeah. would have made it in the 12-team playoff recently, not just that first year. Mm-hmm. But, like, Baylor, I think, has always been relegated to a tier below Oklahoma that if mm-hmm. Baylor had made two or three of the seven playoffs – then all of a sudden they're much closer to Oklahoma because Oklahoma is a team that makes the playoff and does nothing. Well, Baylor could be that. They just aren't quite making yeah. the playoff right now. So I think Oklahoma could, could maybe view that that way. I just don't think Ohio State, that is not, nobody has been, has had more good teams barely miss the playoffs than Ohio State, which is why any Ohio State fan has to be in favor of a playoff expansion as opposed to worrying that Penn State or Wisconsin and Michigan are going to get better. Yeah, I didn't read this earlier, but I, I said before, Big Ten would have had 20 teams under the 12-team format over the past seven years. SEC would have had 19. Then everybody else is really clustered close together. Big 12 would have had 12, Pac-12, and ACC would have had 11 apiece. So Clemson really wouldn't have been getting that many more ACC teams in along with them. And if you take out the early years of the playoff with Florida State, it dwindles it even more just just not a lot of ACC presence eight group of five teams getting in and only three 
Notre Dame. So that leads us to which Big Ten teams will make the first 12-team field in 2023. That was going to be the first question I brought up with something you just mentioned, Doug, that I, I think they do have to do this in 2023. I think now that this is out there and people will now be able to apply to 2021, they'll be able to say, not in theory of if a 12-team thing were being – like this is already going to happen, and these are the teams that would be in this year if it already happened. You can't have that reality dragging on indefinitely. They have to get to a point as early as possible to implement that because this is where there are going to be, frankly, some hurt feelings. I think you can say that it's because of TV contracts and logistics or whatever, but when you start seeing teams that get left out of the playoff that they would have been in if you had just gotten your act together and implemented it, that's going to be a problem. I think they have to start this in 2023, which obviously you agree with. And money, just like you can start making the money, so why wouldn't you start making the money? Steven, you agree 2023 has to be yeah. at the latest? Yeah, Doug said it, money. You want to make money? Start it in 2023. So if you apply the 12-team retroactively the past seven years, Ohio State gets in all seven years. By the way, the only team in the country, I believe, that gets in all seven times. I know Clemson and Alabama would not have gotten in all seven times. Clemson wouldn't have made it in 2014 when Ohio State won the national championship, and we already mentioned the year Alabama wouldn't have gotten in 2019. Uh, Penn State next among Big Ten teams with four. Wisconsin with three, Michigan State, Michigan with two apiece, Iowa and IU, one each. So, based on that history, Stephen, who do you think, or not even based on that history, based on what you think is coming for these teams, what teams, what Big Ten teams make the first 12-team field in 2023? No, I use some of that history, but I also just projected out some roster situations and what's going to be happening in 2023. And so I think Michigan gets in. I mean, it's third year, J.J. McCarthy, whether he's a sit two-year starter or a third-year starter to third year in the program. It's a five-star quarterback, and I'm looking at their schedule right now. That might be, as we were talking about earlier with the Ohio State-Michigan game, that could end up being a situation where both of those teams come into there undefeated or maybe Michigan's got the one loss to Penn State or, what, or whatnot, and that game is going to decide who gets the bye and who gets the home game. And so they're both already in because of those circumstances. you got two five-star quarterbacks going head-to-head. So I picked Michigan as being the second team who gets in. And then I wanted to pick a, a West team because I think if you get to the Big Ten championship game and you play Ohio State close and you're hovering around the border already, maybe you're seven or eight heading into that championship game, you get in. And I went with Northwestern just based off what their schedule is. They're tough. They, they play Penn State early, but then they play at Wisconsin. And I think they just might be better than Wisconsin in that game. And so they go into the Big Ten championship game with one loss to their, to their schedule. Then they lose to Ohio State. And maybe they get in as the 11 or 12 seed. Steven's picking three teams. Doug, your selections. I think that's the formula. I think that's like what the Big Ten's going to get almost every year. Mm-hmm. That they're going to get Ohio State. They're going to get the second best team in the East, whether it's Penn State or Michigan. And that'll be a great battle because it's going to be really hard for three teams from the East to get in. Like that, hey, I'm one's going to have two losses right. every single time because they're losing to Ohio State and one of the other two. You're going to have to be like dominant like in every other game. You're going to win your non-conference and look like world beaters in every other game. So you just lose that wiggle room. And then I think like the West champ that loses to the East champ in the Big Ten championship game, that team has been pretty decent most of the time. And like, you know, the program that I really think may benefit the most from this is Wisconsin in the Big Ten. Maybe nationally. I think you could maybe make an argument for Wisconsin nationally. of like, I mean, like Wisconsin was undefeated going into a Big Ten championship game a couple years ago. 
Mm-hmm. And then they lost to Ohio State. And that was it. I was like, oh, yeah. They're kind of, because they're going to be able to build up. Somebody in the West every year is going to be able to build up kind of a, a I don't want to say fraudulent. I just got back say from it. Disney World. Cosmetic. Cosmetic. Cosmetically fraudulent. Why, why, uh, I was giving you a word instead sorry. of fraudulent, not an adjective for fraudulent. <laughs> But it's like, so that Big Ten West team can be undefeated or have one loss and be like in the top three, the top six, and then you lose to Ohio State, and then you finish 10th, and you're in. And like, it's perfect. So I just think that's the formula most of the time. I completely agree on Michigan, third year of J.J. McCarthy. I know who Michigan's quarterback is going to be in 2023. I I don't know who Penn State's quarterback is going to be in 2023, so I'll take Michigan. I don't know who Wisconsin's quarterback is going to be. Their schedule in 2023, Wisconsin, Buffalo at Washington State, Georgia Southern, mm-hmm. Rutgers. That's a 4-0 start. Like, they, they just might be one of those 12-0. I mean, you're right, Stephen. That Northwestern game in November is real. But that, that just feels like could very well be maybe Graham. It's the first year Graham Mertz is gone, right? Yeah. And they're like, everybody underestimates them. So that's when Wisconsin's good. And they're just like this – puffed up 12 and 0 team that like everybody's like i don't know how good are they but they're fifth in the country they go to the big 10 championship game they lose to ohio state they finish 11th and then they go to like i don't know austin or la or the swamp in gainesville and just get their doors absolutely blown off by Florida or Texas or USC or LSU or Georgia or somebody like that. And I'll be like, yay, playoff. The third best Big Ten team got in and went south and got destroyed in a game that everybody turned off at halftime. But Wisconsin will be able to hang a banner in their thing that says college football playoff 2023. So congratulations to the 12-1 and Wisconsin Badgers on your loss in the Chick-fil-A Bowl to Georgia. Oh, it's like a home game for number six seed Georgia's. They host Wisconsin. Georgia will be playing Stetler Barnett as an eighth-year senior, will be the ninth-string quarterback. He will get in in the fourth quarter. Ah, my been my dream to go out on top against the Wisconsin Badgers. So, like, that's just – but I just think three – I don't know, Nathan, what you're going to project, but, Stephen, to me, in a 12-team playoff, I'm going to expect three Big Ten teams. So uh, you went with Wisconsin. The reason why I didn't go with Wisconsin is because they play Ohio State, and I think that might just be a better way to put it. Which Big Ten West team looks pretty good and also doesn't have to play Ohio State <laughs> until the Big Ten championship game? So that's why I went with them over there. But also, one-time transfer rule, how we've been talking – you and I especially have been talking about Northwestern and how they might just be able to take advantage of, I'm not going to recruit a quarterback. I'll just wait till one of these Ohio State guys falls off and he can come over here. So they just might have the better quarterback because of the transfer rule as well. But, yeah, the idea of if you don't play Ohio State in the regular season and you've probably got one loss and you get to the Big Ten championship game, you play Ohio State pretty decently, even if you lose, you should get, you'll, you'll get into the playoff as that third Big Ten team. I mean, I could even see a scenario like 2019 where Wisconsin, if they just avoided the Illinois upset, Wisconsin yeah. loses to Ohio State in the regular season, loses to them in the Big Ten Championship game, and still makes it as a low seed. You could still get into a, a top 12 in that scenario. I did pick the same three teams as you, Doug, Ohio State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, partially because I'm actually not 100% sure that Graham Mertz will be gone by then. 
He was a freshman last year, redshirt freshman last year, and it's a year that actually doesn't even count towards eligibility. We've seen better quarterbacks than him stay around for four years. So that's actually still on the yeah. table that he could be there as like a, a really yeah. good senior. But also just Wisconsin is the program that I feel like has the best infrastructure from the West to just keep doing this year after year and not taking a huge dip. I know they had one a couple of years ago that was uncharacteristic, but they've got things going at they're, they're just the safest bet i think from the west but i think it could it, there's gonna be a lot of years where i think the big 10 gets four teams in i mean they've done it they would have done it during this past seven years at least once and i think there's gonna be years where you get like two out of the east and two out of the west potentially still that it, and it, it, like we said before i think it's just gonna be really beneficial for the big 10 in the long run we're not that far removed from it you know like it's not that it's, it's only right you know two more seasons without it so, but it will be quite a thing. Like Brett Bielema is now going to be trying to build a playoff team at Illinois. Mm-hmm. And that's not insane because you don't have to beat Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State or whatever. You just have to win the West and maybe be moderately competitive in the Big Ten championship game. And you're probably in. Like, not win the West with three losses, but like have one loss, win the West. And get to the Big Ten Championship, you're probably in the playoff. Brett Bielema at Illinois has to think that he can do that. That's a goal for Scott Frost at Nebraska. Scott Frost doesn't have to beat Ohio State. Just be that. It's a goal for P.J. Fleck at Minnesota. So I don't know that we'll see a gigantic change in the balance of power in the West in the next two years. But, I, again, I think it opens up a lot of opportunity for these Western coaches. Like right now, again, you know, Minnesota – two years ago would have made the playoff, right? Nathan, they finished 10th in the final voting. They would have made the playoff, but this is right now the West, the last couple of years. It's, I mean, it's been Northwestern and Wisconsin, but almost anybody, almost anybody, maybe with the exception of our good friend, Jeff Brown, like almost anybody, maybe it's a last hurrah for Kirk Ferentz, get it together right at Iowa before you go out. Like almost anybody in the West in the 12 team world thinks we can make the playoff. That's I a think heck of every send off. I think every team in the West can plausibly in the next 20 years say they could make a playoff run. I don't know if that's true of every team in the East, but I think every team in the West, including Purdue could say there's no reason they shouldn't be able to do what Indiana did last year. I think Maryland. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and for one, I think that would be a perfect send off for, for Kirk Ferentz if he just makes a playoff and then he retires after that. Cause he's accomplished everything he possibly could at Iowa. I think there's one other team in the East that's interesting, not named Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan, and it's if Moxley gets something going at Maryland and he gets a couple good quarterbacks in there, and then you know he gets he beats Penn State and Michigan, and then obviously they lose to Ohio State. That's where it's interesting. But after that, I just think there's such a a big gap in between what the top is in the Big Ten East and what the bottom is, and then there's Maryland who might be able to get something going, but everywhere else it's just not going to happen. If you're Indiana, Michigan State, Rutgers, or Maryland, you have to beat one of at least Ohio State, Michigan, or Penn State to make the playoff, Mm -hmm. I would say. If you're in the West, you never have to beat Ohio State, Penn State, or Michigan, and you can still be a playoff team. Oh, yeah. You can lose. If you happen to play one of those in the regular season and lose, go undefeated in the West, and then get to the Big Team Championship game and lose again, you're probably still in. Do we ever get to a point, and because we just pointed that out, where Ohio, where the Big Ten takes the Big 12 approach and just takes the two best teams in the Big Ten championship game? Uh, I don't know that that would help 
I, I think more, I thought you were going to say like, just do away with the two conferences with the two, the two divisions, the, the two divisions. Yeah. So, so it's not about the conference championship game to me as much. It's about like, if you're like you said, if Mike Loxley gets it going and he's like, Hey, I still have like three guaranteed losses right. on my schedule every year. And Brett Bielema is dancing through the cornfields in Illinois mm-hmm getting it done like what is up and they just say you know what there's too much of an imbalance at the top we'll just make a 14 team league you'll play whatever 10 10 of the other teams and you uh, will rotate it but that maryland doesn't have to bang its head against a wall that illinois and nebraska and minnesota don't have to bang their head against and i think that i i I don't see that not happening at some point. Just it's just in this world of getting your best possible teams, and in a world where you can get three teams in, you don't want a team who might actually end up being the second team in the conference that that year, who just has to play, you know, the three other top four teams in the conference because of the side of the division they're in. Yeah, it's hard also that we're coming off of a year where a team just did that in Indiana, and but it was such a jumbled up, screwed up year. Not everybody had to play all their games. It, it, so it, that's fresh in people's minds, but that it's very much an anomaly as you look back through just the years of the playoff, obviously. I, I think what's going to make it tough is you'd have to get the whole conference on board with that. And if you think the West teams were hesitant before – to, to shift up and, and invite some of those East teams over to their side or whatever, or trade uh, trade Purdue for Michigan State or Penn State or whoever, I think they're going to be even less um, excited about doing that now that this playoff format gives them a better chance for getting into the playoff. Anything else before we wrap up? No, that almost makes me wonder if we should do uh, – some of this fanciful, what if you – you know, the conference realignment, division realignment, whatever, yeah. sometimes I don't – just like that for no reason but i feel like maybe the playoff provides a reason for it and i i wonder if we could do a separate podcast on like big 10 equality like what's fair and how can you level the playing field not for ohio state and michigan and penn state right but for like everybody else because all of a sudden like like wisconsin nathan how much better chance does wisconsin have of hanging a playoff banner do they have before they hang a big 10 championship banner? You know what I mean? Like that's oh, yeah. just, it. Oh yeah. like, like what you're mm-hmm. competing for has changed. You're not really competing for big. That's not your goal. Cause you don't have, you just try to be a wild card and you don't have to win the, and it was such a hard, Ohio state, such a roadblock to everybody. It's a significantly tougher roadblock when they're in your division. And so I just don't know. And they're never going to balance that out. It's never going to balance out. So they might have to do something. So I think we could have a, a Big Ten realignment discussion that is spurred by actual events, which is the arrival of the 12-team playoff. Should the big should conference should should playoff expansion prompt Big Ten realignment? Yes, I think that is worth a discussion. I think you're right. I agree. Perhaps Wednesday, because <laughs> I'm not sure what we're doing Wednesday otherwise. <laughs> well, we're not marking that down, but this ends a, another Market Down Monday here on Buckeye Talk. Try the text, 614-350-3315. A lot of recruiting stuff from Steven. He'll be back out there at day camps the next couple of days. Ohio State has guys on campus. Ohio State has a big 
official visitor, a couple of them coming this weekend. Lots of stuff going on. It's a great time to get the two-week free trial, 614-350-3315. I'm Nathan Baird. For Doug Lee Maurice, for Stephen Means, that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.